answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thank you for being part of our program, both myself and my co-host here. We're both financial advisors. Certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We spend our weekdays helping people like yourself. Well, of course, we've been doing that virtually via Zoom in the last several weeks when we are here on the weekends broadcasting. Um, Actually, we're in the studio today. We came to the uh, office. Yes. We have our social distance. Although, you know, it's... Well, I don't get it. All right. We'll go. Well, some parts of the world, it's three feet. Europe is a meter and a half, which is four and a half feet. <laughs> And we're six. And you better take the tape measure out because if it's five and a half. And I, uh, went, I must say, I had I went out to a dinner this week. Congratulations. I, like a real restaurant. I sat, they seated me, uh, brought me a drink. I had a nice steak, <laughs> dessert. It was like the old school. You sound like a The cap- whole thing was old school. Capitalist. <laughs> so like I am. <laughs> you are, aren't you? <laughs> well, we hope you're a capitalist as well. So uh, if you're listening to this show, thank you I for joining us. I don't know what else. Uh, I have not seen any other program in the history of mankind that has done more good for more people. I don't know. What, 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 I don't understand what you're saying. He said, I'm a capitalist. And I said, oh, I don't that's see right. any other ah, system that's, that's okay. done. Oh, that's I right. mean, if you look at life expectancy around the globe today. Yes. And you look at the U.S. life expectancy or developed nations. They were talking about Africa is probably not going to have as many deaths on a percentage basis uh, from COVID-19 than the rest of the world because their younger population. I'm thinking, yeah, because they don't have the medicine to keep people alive. So. Yeah, this whole thing is obviously it's been awful. But in, I can't tell you these the markets oh my are gosh. unbelievably resilient. It's so strange because from an investor standpoint, it's always you want to focus on the long term. Don't be so caught up in the next quarter. Judge a company by what it's going to produce over the long term. Whether whether it's a company or if it's a local uh, gas station or a rental house you're, or whatever. You're buying right? earnings. You're, That's what you're buying. Earnings, right? Whether it's the rent from a rental house or the corner gas station or a, a publicly traded company. And you know what earnings are right now. The, you you know the earnings are going to drop, right? And the, they're terrible. The old line retailers like flies. Pier one this week. Uh, oh. The number it's of the store final closing. Nail in the coffin for a lot of these. Uh, oh yes, 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 yes. Which actually has a rippling effect on the economy in terms of real estate, how we consume things. This is a big reset. Even in our own business, Scott, how we interact with each other and our team members. How many Zoom meetings have you been on this week? I, a lot. I, I, was, I was running with a buddy of mine this morning. And as we're talking, I asked, have you been in the office? He says he actually went in one day. And, and I, he was asking about when are we opening back up? And it's like, I don't know when we're going to be comfortable having clients sit across the table from an advisor. Um, and I, but I said to him, I said, I, I said, I'm never going back full time into the office. Why for? I said, I actually find that a Zoom meeting, if there's four or five people solving a problem, it can be extremely productive. Pretty productive. Pretty productive. And we interact with our clients probably more efficiently now than we did. Um, What's well, more efficient for them? They're not driving all over the they're place. They're not driving. Right? It's easy. Someone wants to talk. I mean, it, it's it's changed everything. And with, with Zoom or other technologies like that, you're able to share all kinds of graphs and yeah. charts and but numbers. It'll be interesting to watch the backside of this. Um, it will be. It will be very, very interesting. But I, 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 I'm perplexed by how resilient the stock market is. I am too. Uh, but but I, it goes to show you, don't try to, you can't try to guess things short term. Uh, there's, there's no way. There's no I mean, think about if you if you sold out in uh, March after things started falling. You, you, 
Yeah, and we're and, not that far off the highs right now. It, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? And the bond market. Listen, the government stepped in. I tell you, they stepped in. They they brought liquidity to the marketplace um, that was uh, much needed. Uh, whether the long term, oh, but one of the big issues right now is this unemployment uh, insurance that the federal government is six hundred dollars. Oh, so I, I will share a personal experience. It, it's so it's what it is. It's six hundred dollars per week. In addition to whatever your state's paying you. So, so $600, by the way, equates to $15 an hour. That's right. So if the state's paying another 600 now you're talking 30 bucks an hour. Right. And so if you add that up, there are 2,080 work hours in a year. Well, this thing isn't extended for a year, but part of the HEROES Act is to extend it till the end of the year. And California's talking about if the federal government doesn't. California, other states might do that. So I have a 20-year-old son that worked part-time at the college campus. When he was sent home, they fired him, laid him off, whatever. He gets almost $700 a week. And he said to me, "Yeah, I'm not going to get a job. And I'm like, well... I'd like for you to get a job, but the economics say you shouldn't get a job. <laughs> My sister owns a restaurant. She's had people come in, and she said uh, not all of her people are coming back. They I, won't, they're just not responding to her. There is— uh, I 68% t- people are making more on unemployment than they were 68% around the country. So 38.6 million people have filed for jobs. 38.6 million people filed for jobless benefits. And 68% of those are making more than they were making Holy before. Holy smokes. And this is, this is set until the end of July. So we can talk about opening things back up. But I, I've talked to a restaurant owner. They were in the state of California. We're in Eldorado County. They opened back up. A third of his people, a third, didn't come back. A third. Yeah, and, and the two-thirds that did come back are making less money than they would have made. But they said to him, look— we know this is going to run out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the long term, yeah. <laughs> guys, they could think past it's next correct. week. Correct. Obviously, you're a little short sighted. But if you're a dishwasher or something, uh, they're like, uh, you're probably like, who cares? So yeah. well, anyway, if you want to join for the program, we'll take some calls. Eight three three ninety nine Worth is the number to be part of the program. Eight three three ninety nine Worth. We're in Northern California. We're talking with Steve. Steve, you're with All Worth's Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Yeah. Good morning, folks. Uh, man, I go back a long way to your first show. I've been listening to you guys for a long time. Oh, thank you, Steve. Appreciate and, that. And just let let you know that uh, your advice and everything has just been outstanding. I'll touch on that in a moment. But I'm going to be 65 in September. And I right now I got an allocation of about 42% stocks and the rest in cash and bonds. I bought into a Ginny May bond fund last December and it's done really nicely in the in the intervening five six months so just uh what do you think about that allocation well so so how long have you had that allocation about I would say a little bit longer than that six months probably about last since about last September what I I was full I retired uh, in uh, August of 2018, and I remained fully invested. Um, what does fully invested remember mean? The, the, yeah, what's that mean? Yeah, sell off. What's that? What's that mean? Fully invested in what? 100% in stocks? I, I was, yeah, you betcha. I was aggressive, and I, oh. and I got even more aggressive in December of that year. You remember that sell-off right there before Christmas of 2018? And... Um, I got a grit, and then what I did the following last July, I sold a little bit into the rally, and then I sold a lot more in October, November, to the point where, and then I converted it to Ginny Me bond funds, and since then, you know, like I said, I've done well, but I kept some in stocks. So, you know, I how much I in, how much income are you taking off this portfolio as a percentage? Yeah. Oh dear! I would say probably about four percent a year. Okay. I am I am drawn with the I am taking money out of my uh, my uh, rollover IRA from my deferred compensation plan from the county, and of course I. Do you have a pension, pension as well? 
Yes, I get a pension from the county. Okay, yeah. so let's— you have Social Security in addition to the pension? Uh, th- that I'm not there yet. I turn 66 next September. I'm going to wait till at least then. I might. Okay, but you will. You do. Wait. You will. Okay, so— So you, you yeah. effectively aren't— And once your Social Security kicks in, you'll be taking less out of your portfolio. Exactly. So, so when you ask the question, what do we think about that, right? So that is a broad question. It depends on what your needs are and how long the whole period is. So if right. you are taking 1% or 2% out of your portfolio, maybe you're underweighted equities. Maybe you're underweighted yeah, stocks. Yeah, particularly if you've got that pension that – it depends. It, for you, it really comes down to what you're comfortable with, because if your your pension is like a fixed income, which is a much better right. return than that Jenny Mays ever going to. I would be more comfortable owning stocks today than a bunch of Jenny Mays. The That's interesting right. thing is government government national mortgage association and rates are at historic lows. So what happens when rates go down? People, it's they, they, it's like calling a bond early, right? Because they pay off their mortgage. So you don't get the benefit of a 30 years at 4% because they pay it off early and they refinance into a, a lower rate and you're locking in these lower rates. And unless you think interest rates on mortgages are going to go negative, at some point you're like, that's the best you – that the current yield is the is the best you'll ever get out of it. Uh, I, I wouldn't be – Yeah. It wouldn't be my favorite. It wouldn't be my first choice um, loading up on Jenny Mays yeah. right now. Yeah, so maybe yeah, – I, I- Maybe you, you, so it's funny because you've been all over the board with this portfolio and maybe you just need to land on a place and stay at that place. Gotcha. Right. Particularly at retirement because now you need the dollars. Right. You know what I mean? It's one thing when you're still working, you put money in your 401k and things go up and down. It's like, it's all future money. Well, it's future money. It's future money. Suddenly the future's now. So Steve, I would think about it this way. If I took the net present value of those pension payments based on a life expectancy and let's say a 3% uh, right return, and you actually counted, calculated what the net present value of your pension was, it's probably in the low millions, right? Yep. And right. then if you looked at that as the bond portion of your portfolio and you looked at the stock portion of your portfolio and you wanted to get to even a 40-60 – 40% stock and 60% bonds. You are probably, if I did that calculation, my guess is right now you're about 80% bond and 20% or stock. If not more. If not more. So, oh, okay. Right. Factoring that in as um, fixed is, income. Is fixed income, right? So if you think about it that way, you would say, okay, I should probably be significantly more invested in equities, especially since you can ride out many, many market cycles. There's no magical formula. It really is not. Every situation is different, and a lot of it depends on a couple things. Well, two things. One is what your income needs are, when you need the dollars, because if you need to spend money within five years, it should not be tied in anything that's going to fluctuate much, particularly stock. So it's the time horizon. So if you have less than five years, stocks are bad. If you've got more than five years, stocks have a pretty good bet for you, owning companies. Uh, and the second thing is is how comfortable you are, how much you can withstand the ups and downs, and will you make emotional decisions rather than rational decisions? Because when people sell during times of panic, those aren't rational decisions. They're emotional decisions. But we're emotional humans, right? So, I mean, it's not rational. My son brought home some Krispy Kreme donuts last night, and the, it wasn't <laughs> rational for me eating three of them. But I did. because Did I, you really? Well, maybe two. And I, I, like a half at a time, <laughs> and I keep going by, and I keep going by, and, I, and then I felt horrible. <laughs> okay. Well, that's... It wasn't rational. Emotional. Tasted pretty good. Um, and it was, so, I mean... It's it's really taking a look back at yourself and saying what, how do I respond? Yeah. So that those are the bigger things, and certainly based upon the guaranteed income you've got with the pension, with Social Security coming in, and what you might want to do is figure out what your income needs are between now and the time you file Social Security, whether it's your full retirement age or you choose to defer, whatever that is. Maybe you want to have those dollars set aside in some cash and say, all right, these are the I'm going to br- use these dollars to bridge to my Social Security. So take those dollars even out of the equation then say what are my once i start social security what's my family income going to be how much am i going to need to supplement from my savings and then figure out what that what that percentage is if you're only taking a 2 or 3% which is probably the reality once you take social security um, you can withstand quite a bit in stocks it's just really 
how comfortable you are with it. So that's uh, that, that's the really thing you need to be looking at, Steve, is how much you can stomach the the ups and downs. But hey, appreciate the call and thanks for being a um, long time listener. Yeah, we've been on the air for we just twenty five years. Year. This is twenty five years. Last week, I mean, twenty five years. Yeah. and they haven't kicked us off yet. You never know. Well, what just tomorrow time. Brings. Just time. Maybe no one from management's ever listened to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling they listen. Do you? Yes, they listen. Know. It doesn't matter to me. That's a tough. The ra- Radio. Oh Ooh, my! Holy smokes! It, this this coronavirus has changed a lot of things, and a lot of these industries that were already struggling. Newspapers. Oh, the uh, small uh, regional newspapers. They. They've they've gone to GoFundMe pages. You know, actually, I just signed up for the ten bucks a month for Apple News. Okay, how is it? I like it because it gives me a bunch of content from other things that I'd normally have to pay for, and I don't want, I don't. So it, I subscribed to the Washington Post in the middle of this just because they they were doing the best job early on with the coronavirus, and then I'm kind of getting tired of the paper. Yeah, because I don't like a lot of the other stuff it writes about. But uh, I don't. know. It's just that. Well, and the but the the, da- the daily newspapers of the, these towns are just dying. That's actually we were driving through the neighborhood, and I actually saw a newspaper on uh, my wife and I. And I saw a newspaper on someone's like driveway, a physical paper, a physical paper, and I said to her, "Look at that! <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is that thing?" And I was a paper boy as a kid. I get it. I was a paper boy as well. So I worked Sacramento, the uh, Daily Breeze, South Bay Daily Breeze down in Southern California. Uh, we were weekends on the, it was mornings on the weekend and afternoon the, on the weekdays. So San Gabriel Valley Tribune, right here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot. It's a shame that the, oh, it was co- a great. Collecting? When you'd have to go I collecting? I had to collect too, and then you, once a month you pay your supplier. I yeah. got behind. <laughs> Did you, right? You were into the man. I was. How much? Well, that's probably $30 or something, but it's uh, just a fortune when you're in seventh grade. Oh. And I remember I had I hid from the guy for a few days, and I came home one day, and there's the guy's cars in my dad's driveway, and my dad had to bail me out. And Collecting? I a, yep, I had to make a payment plan to my dad to get out of <laughs> debt. It was really? a great business experience. It was a great well, lesson. Well, all I knew is that you collected at the end of the month, and if you went collecting on Thanksgiving Day or Christmas, the tips were much yeah, yeah. larger. <laughs> and you could tell the ones that were like waiters or waitresses because I'd pay you in coins. It was four bucks. It was four bucks a month. They'd give you a hand. I got a handle of coins. <laughs> Maybe they. they it's a while ago when coins, you had, people yeah. still tip with coins, right? <laughs> you're like, you're like a bag of coins. Right? Yeah, I remember right. this particular guy. He, was, oh, he always looked a little hungover or something too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, that one house with that dog. Every day you ride by it, that dog would chase you. I had one of those too. <laughs> yeah, everyone did. And you, everyone. <laughs> anyone that had a I paper. Used to, uh, should, should I say? Yeah. I used to, I used to kick the dog because it would come yapping at me, scare me. Correct. And and every day I'd kick it a little harder, thinking that one of these days he's gonna. And it got to the point where I kicked the dog as hard as I could. Now I was, uh, you know, ninety pounds wet as uh, in seventh grade. I'm not a big man now, and I was definitely. Well, what do you? The dog was attacking you. It wasn't like you just went over to its house that was laying there and you kicked it. I think that's fair, even if you're an animal lover, Scott. Okay. If a dog is running after you, <laughs> you think so? every day, it's you think okay. even if I was the chair of PETA, I'd be okay with that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fine. <laughs> that's just know. my view. Okay. Well, you can talk to it. All hey, right, so dog, talk- listen, right, we're, we're, I'm trying to deliver we're, these papers. We're, Back off. We're enjoying reminiscing of the. Uh, oh, yeah, we're getting old. But <clears throat> the challenges for many industries, this. This is a reset for many industries. Some industries are never going to be the same. It's that is a hundred percent true. And we're looking now. Facebook says they're probably not going to have all their employees back. A lot of companies, tech companies, are saying, "Look, we don't need all our employees coming well, that, back not, into not an office." Into an office, yeah, right. So it's it's changing the real estate, real estate landscaping. It's going to change. It will change for sure. Yeah, and and it's. There may have been people that didn't use online. What was most interesting to me, in fact, was the fact that Target and Walmart, how well they actually did on their uh, websites. What So people moved actually off of Amazon and started using other websites to deliver. And why? Items. Well, because the delivery or it wasn't available on Amazon. So it forced people to actually look yeah, elsewhere for yeah. their needs. And that's a form of sampling. It it. That's what it is. Anyway. It'll be interesting. Amazon did very well the last couple months. It'll be interesting to see. There's a big push now for shopping local, supporting local. The running store opened in El Dorado Hills, where I live. 
and I went in and I bought a pair of shoes. I didn't even. <laughs> I had an extra. I usually buy two pairs. I didn't even. Like, I went and bought a pair of shoes and some shorts. And, because um, you wanted to shop local, you wanted them to stay in business. Yes, right. It's exactly they open. I want, I'm like I want to buy. I want the. I want you to stay in business. I like yeah. having the local shops. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we better go back to calls. Eight three three ninety nine worth. We're talking with Scott. Scott, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Thank you so much for both taking my call. I appreciate it. Thank you. So back in March, um, you had a caller on, and he was like, he was afraid to do anything, and he was going to say, I was going to hold on to it in cash. And you got, you, one of you asked the best question. You said, where do you think the market will be 10 years from now? And his answer was, well, it'll be doing better. And so you said, well, I guess that answers your question. So at that point, I realized that I was I had a little too much cash, but it was on my personal side, not in a, a retirement account. Okay. So I did invest it, and I did it, you know, diversified it by I just bought the um, Vanguard uh, S and P 500 mm-hmm. um, stock just so that I just figured I just ride that out for the next eight to ten years before I retire. But unfortunately, when I did that, I realized I had the issue of when I go to throttle that back there's going to be tax consequences. So my goal in my conversation with you guys today is to figure out how Yeah, so here's how I think move that here's money how, over to the retirement side. Well, if you if you actually having stocks outside of retirement because of the capital gain treatments, of course who knows what the future of taxation is going to be, but under t- current uh, rules t- the capital gains are much more favorably taxed uh, than um, you know, top income tax rates, 37%, plus Obamacare tax on top of that, uh, versus capital gain tax rates, which is 20%, a federal we're talking, and whatever state you're in, you got that to deal with as well. So one way to look at this is to look at your overall allocation, not any individual security. So let's just say as an example, you're 65% in stocks and 35% in some other things. Uh, and you're con- and as you're getting close to retirement, you think, man, I'd really like to get to 60-40 or 50-50. Rather than deal with the one particular fund that you just bought, you can just reduce some of your equities inside your 401k or IRA to get to your o- overall allocation. Without any tax oh. implications. Okay. Right? So, so, w- I could, so I could weight more bonds on that side. In fact, exactly. in, a, in a perfect world... Let's say that you were not emotionally attached to any of your portfolios. Um, you would have all your right. stocks outside. Or so at least I, all your money outside would be in stocks, except for your emergency cash. Right. So in a, in a perfect world, if I was 100% rational, right, which no one is, by the way. <laughs> but if I was 100% rational and I had, let's say, a half a million dollars in an IRA and half a million dollars in a brokerage account outside my portfolio... I'd have, and I wanted a 50-50 portfolio, 50% stocks and 50% bonds, cash, whatever. I'd have all of the bonds and cash in my IRA and all of the stocks, especially if it's the S&P 500, which you own, outside. Because under current tax law, it's preferential tax For lots treatment. of reasons. So one is the capital gains. Two, if you hold it to your death, current taxes... Uh, permits a what's called a step up in basis so all the capital gains are forgiven so you can leave it to your spouse or somebody else and if i was charitably inclined it's easy to actually transfer that's right appreciated a, stock i did it actually you, i did it today today wow. i just signed the paperwork to move money into a gift trust to, to give to charity of appreciated security uh, further you've got a kid that uh you want to help out financially you can transfer shares that have capital gain, embedded capital gains, they sell it, and it's the tax at their tax rate, which presumably is lower than yours. You can't do any of those with a retirement account. So, but you have to you have to be really rational about it, uh, and not view them as is like dogs in a race. You have to view it as a overall portfolio and not compare the two. Okay, so just over. You made a good choice. And even if the markets hit new lows before we're through with this pandemic, which wouldn't surprise me, I I can't predict the market short term and I don't try to because it's impossible. Nobody can. (laughs) Um, So I think this is you made a uh, you took some cash and you put it to work for yourself. And there's a hype. 
extremely high probability that it's going to be worth much more 10 years from now than it is when you bought it. And what a great time you bought, too. Right. Well, it was listening to you guys. Oh, well, well no, you, it was. It's not easy when things are going south. You, you just you made a rational decision. Yeah. It was just rational. That's all that was. You step back. Well, I, you set your emotions aside. You thought, and I know how hard it is to make money and save it. That's never easy, right? I mean, that's correct. a lot of labor. To, <laughs> it's not easy coming into cash to invest. And then once you go to invest somewhere, there's always that possibility that you're going to lose something. It's going to go down in value. So it's not easy. But what you did in the midst of that time in March when it was looking terrifying, you realized that this pandemic won't last forever like every other pandemic that's hit the mankind since day one. And uh, the economy will recover again. And statistically speaking, you knew that over a 10-year period, you have a much higher probability of having a good return in, uh, by owning factors of production as opposed to just having money sitting in the bank. So, yeah. Um, anyway, appreciate the call, Scott. We've got to take a quick break. If you want to be part of our program, 833-99-WORTH. We'll get you on All Worth's Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean, and we'll be right back. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McClain. And if you want to be part of the program, 833-99-WORTH. And last year, 2019, uh, Allworth, we've had a lot of live educational events. A lot. I think we had ten thousand, more than ten thousand people register for our events. Uh, so they would be <laughs> large groups of gatherings that you know anywhere from people from the age of fifty-five normally to like seventy-five, <laughs> yeah. right? So obviously, um, we're not having one hundred and fifty people come to a hotel ballroom right now to uh, for an educational event because um, which is a shame because I used to uh, oftentimes they were held at Marriott properties and I would get the points on my. Uh, but you can't go to a hotel now. I guess you kind of can. Well, you're not. I'm not going to get in a room with 300 people. Nobody's getting in a room with 300 people. Yeah. yeah. No one's crowding. No. Well, maybe the high school kids or something. Anyway, so we can't be doing that. But what we are doing are live virtual workshops. And so these aren't just like a one-way, like a tape of a video. Uh, they're more interactive, uh, more engaging because we understand. Look, I, I've got we we both have. Kids that have they've been kicked out of school and doing remote learning, and you can see what's what's good and what's bad. Um, so these are much more engaging. We try to make them more engaging. Let them judge whether they are much more engaging. Yeah, but you're not going to just watch a video of me. It's going to be more interactive. Yes, with some better graphics and all those sort of things. <clears throat> so we are having uh, our brand new round of workshops on uh, helping people uh, prepare for retirement. Thursday, May 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific time East and Eastern time. I think we're doing it, um, uh, it regardless of the time zone. Is that correct, Pietro? I should know this thing. I can't hear you. There we go. Oh, oh 8 5 p.m. PM. 5 PM. So these are live. 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific. And 8, 8 p.m. Eastern. Yes. And, and then Tuesday, Tuesday, June the 2nd at the same time. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Are you giving Eastern. these? I believe I am. Well, I've been involved in the... Uh, I'm oh. doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This will be great. <laughs> Isn't it a good thing that you're a co-founder of the firm? But you have no idea what your job is responsible. Oh, man. Well, it's probably on my yeah, calendar. So we'll both be doing them. <laughs> but you're putting the you're putting the workshop together. You're working with someone. I've been with working someone. with somebody okay. on putting, putting the All right. Together. Well, I can't wait. Thursday, May 28th, and... Um, Tuesday, June 2nd at 5 p.m. All right. So Pacific, 8 p.m. Please attend. Uh, I put a lot of time and energy into this, apparently. (laughs) You will. (laughs) Pat, I have a feeling whatever financial topic. Someone was telling me how knowledgeable I am. I'm like, "Mm, I'm really not. I am on a very small slice. (laughs) Well, then you live this stuff. Of course. That's what I do 20 years my job. Yeah. So it's not like. I've been doing a long time. I understand. If you have to actually, if you have to read a bunch of information before you present this seminar, it's probably not worth attending. (laughs) (laughs) And 
I've, I've tried that before. It does not work. Yeah, but you know, it, it's, we live it. I, I mean, it's practical. It, the, the workshop is practical advice. We actually, we live it. Um, sometimes we get actually tired of it, but that's um, this is the path we have chosen. So please right. attend. <clears throat> Let's continue. Virtual, virtual workshop. Let's continue with calls, 833-99-WORTH. We're in Cincinnati, Ohio, talking with Dave. Dave, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Great. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Dave. What can we do so, for you? I'll give you... Yeah, I'll give you the scenario. I'm in my late 60s. Uh, I was ready to retire. A uh, friend asked me to come back and, and work for him for a year or two to help set up a sales organization. Um, you know, I, I want to uh, continue to invest, and there's a 401k that's offered. Uh, however, because it's going to be such a short time frame um, and it's uh, eventually going to be taxable, I thought that the standard 401k wasn't a good option and was looking at a 401k Roth. Um, I'm not taking Social Security yet. Um, I have no debt. And uh, so I, I want to be able to uh, invest in the proper medium. And, uh, you know, so I was thinking that investing uh, in the Roth, even though it is after tax money, uh, when I decide to take it out, you know, Four or five years down the road, uh, the tax burden would be yeah. obviously zero. So let me ask you. Uh, I like the way you're which thinking. Might be a better scenario. Uh, I like the way you're thinking, but as a as a rule of thumb, I like the Roth IRAs. This like the last dollars you spend because the tax benefits are so good on them. So, so, are you taking any income out of any of your investments right now? No, zero. And you're living on zero. the dollars that you earn. Yes. And as a percentage of the money you've got set up in retirement accounts today, IRA, 401k, et cetera, what percentage is in Roth? Um, Ballpark. Yeah, I'm going to say it's probably only about 30%. Oh, that's high. Uh, and and what is wow, how much you. how much money do you have in either Roth or a regular IRAs, 401ks? That, how much? What's the yeah, dollar amount? I mean, uh Total worth is about a million. So, and what's so uh, and would, how much are you earning at this job? Um, probably um, hundred and twenty. So um, you're and in, in in your the the million dollars you got set up in your retirement accounts. I'm assuming it's not all stock. You've got some bonds in there. You've got some no. Yeah. So if no, it were me no. or you're my older brother, I would say go. I would look at this completely different. I'd like I'd be thinking, look, this is a kind of a side, but you, I mean, it's however you want to structure it. If it were me, I'd say I'm going to look at this differently. This is other job I wasn't anticipating. I'm going to invest aggressively. Things are on sale right now. I would, I'd say I'm going to probably have it 100% stocks. I'm going to plan on these being the last dollars that I'm going to spend. Part of it. You mean be, in the Roth? In the new Roth. In the, the new, new Roth. The new Roth 401k, because the the dollar amount's going to be so small relative to the million bucks. Yeah. If the market falls five or ten percent, you're not. It's a rounding error compared to no your million deal. bucks, right? You won't even think about it. Right. It's like it's no. It's still real money, and it's still the same percentage. But just you're not going to sure. feel about. They'll feel very differently about it. So, I, if it were me, I'd say I'm going to be as aggressive as possible. And when I re, when I quit this job and, and fully retire again, I'm going to roll it into a Roth IRA and leave it really aggressive. And I'm going to. Let me ask you this question, though, Scott. That one so, thing, you could also say, I'm going to have it, I'm going to buy a new fifth wheel or whatever you might want to buy and, and set it up that way. So it's depending on how you want to structure it. But, Scott, so his income is $120,000 a year. Why would you Roth at $120,000 a year? Wouldn't you just put it into a, a deductible? If he's got a million dollars and he's going to, let's say, take 4% out of that. But a 30% is in Roth already. Um, well, yeah, I mean, so you, you would probably, I would, I would, I would probably move to tra traditional. That's, that, to that, that's my point. That's my point. I would take the deduction because I would look at that dollar amount and think about my distributions in the future. And because you're making $120,000 a year, you're not going to be making that much money, uh, in the oh. future taking a distribution. So the question you asked, which was, do I Roth or not Roth? I'd, I'd run uh, a, 
a scenario with tax returns, but my guess is that you should take the deduction and not use you're the not, Roth. You, that March, the way the, the tax rates work, they're, they're progressive and they step up high. The more your income is, the higher the percentages, the bigger the chunk the government right. takes out. So I agree with Scott being very, very aggressive with this and kind of setting this aside in Particularly my mind. Particularly if it's a t- deductible because... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's how well, I you would are think- limited to what? Yeah, you're I limited know. to twenty six thousand a year or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, correct. Like, what is it? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, um, but yeah. yeah. So I would take. I would not Roth this. Um, I take the deduction. I take the deduction, and I agree with Scott. I'd make it pretty aggressive, and I'd keep it in my mind separate because you're like, well, I didn't really need this job to begin with. I'm just kind of doing it because. You know, yep. I live in Cincinnati, and it's cold in the winter. And well, you got yeah. an opportunity. So you're you're probably enjoying it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. Is my guess. Exactly right. Yeah. So well, good I, for you. By the way, I have spent a significant amount of time in Cincinnati, and it's a well, nice yeah, little an city. Nice, nice city. So uh, when you talk aggressive, are you talking like large caps and mid caps, or uh, I'd buy like sort of total yeah. total market, but a hundred percent equity. I wouldn't yeah. make it super complicated. Um, I'd either buy the total. I think I'd probably just buy the total market and keep Scott? it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. It's, it all depends on what options you've got. But I'd have it 100 percent stock. Yep. Okay. Because it's 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 a very small percentage relative to your to your life savings. Things are cheap right Absolutely. now, and you're, yep. you're you're going to view it differently because it's a small amount. You're not going to it's not going to have the same emotional impact on you. Yeah. Yeah. And so right. use those factors to your benefit because we know that. There's never been a 15-year period of time when stocks have not outperformed bonds and other asset classes. So yeah. if we if we say these dollars are my long-term dollars, maybe I'll use these dollars when, I, obviously, if you're late 60s, these would be longer-term dollars, but odds are you're still going to be around 15 years from now. So give yourself the chance to yeah. have the highest. And, highest and sometimes we manage money for the heirs, not for the clients. It's well, not unusual. I know people like to say they want their last check to bounce, but nobody knows when their last day is going to be. <laughs> so, and you don't want that check to bounce before you, you die. I've right? gone. I've gone as far as actually setting up separate accounts for people, knowing that they'll never spend the money, and we invest them incredibly aggressively because it, in their mind, it separates the the risk from it. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay. All right. Appreciate all right, the call, Dave. I sure appreciate your input. Yeah. All right, thanks. And it's interesting. You know, here's Dave back uh, working. I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, You're bragging now about all your friends. And what he's, he, 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 he said to me, actually, I had a Zoom call with him. He says to me, you know, I was plan, I was thinking about retiring. I was like hoping to retire soon and thinking about retiring in a couple years. He says these last couple months have told me one thing. I don't want to be retired because he, he says he he's just staying at home. His job was such that he was kind of a um, he was in the medical field where he called upon independent. Um, um, it was a health insurance company where he called upon independent reps to go sell their product, essentially. Right. So sales he's in a job. sales channel somewhere. Yes. But because he couldn't go visit anybody. And he said he's like no one really wanted to talk to him during this season. He's not really working. And and so he re, he decided this he's is like, retirement. It's what he said. So he's look he's actually looking at different careers within his company, and he's planning on continuing to work. So <laughs> that was uh, really interesting. So that's uh, I was talking to a one of my children's friend, and I said, "How you how's your dad doing?" He said, "My dad retired last year." And I said, well, how's that going? He said, it went terrible. He's talking about his own dad. This is a 21-year-old's perspective of his own father. Says, oh, my dad's retirement went terrible. It was awful. And I said, well, what's he doing? He said, he went to work for a nonprofit, and they quit paying him, but he still goes to work every day. And I'm like, good for your dad, right, that he realized that leaving the workforce was bad for him. Um, So he didn't necessarily need the money, but he went out. And went to work There's for a, a book I read years ago called Early Worm. Like, right? Early Worm. Early Worm. And this was written in the early 2000s by, a, I think he was 26 or 27. He was a writer, lost his job during the dot-com, uh, that downturn. And so decided to move to Florida 
and retire early. And so it wasn't just like, you know, <laughs> he went into like a retirement community of very old retirees. So where the median like, age, and he, he rented a room from a woman who was like 86 or 88. And he's in his 20s. Joined the shuffleboard club. I mean, the whole thing went to the buffet at 4 p.m. Yeah, in his Watched 20s. Wheel of Fortune. He did it for like nine months or something. Crazy. It was a really good, pretty good book. And what, did, what was the outcome? I don't want to be late 80s living in a retirement home community. That's what that, was. that was my my personal outcome. Anyway, let's uh, let's continue on with calls here. Let's go to Elk Grove, California. We're talking with Lewis. Lewis, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Lou. I'm a I'm here's my question. I'm a uh, teacher. I've been teaching 27 years, and I just got something from my CalSTRS pension asking if I want to do a pre-retirement election uh, election election. And I have three different options, 100%, 75%, and 50%. And I'm trying to figure out what percentage to take and what factors to keep in mind when I'm making that decision. Okay. When you're this, is this have to do with a survival survivor's pension? I don't know what you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay. So this, you can take a hundred percent for yourself. You, you get hit by a bus tomorrow. You die of COVID-19 tomorrow. Um, and your wife gets nothing or you, you take 70, she gets 70. Tell, help me out with what. Yeah. What's the, what, what are the, yeah. uh, the conversions at your dad? First of all, really quick, 27 years as a teacher. What do you teach? I teach math. In what grade? Uh, I teach seventh and eighth graders. God what's bless this, you. What's this been like the last um, several weeks when you're teaching online? For you, it's been really, really tough. Um, the kids are having a tough time, and the parents and myself. It, I've been working harder this year than I've worked in several years. Wow. I'm always. I feel like I'm the tech person for everybody. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> trying to figure out. Yeah. So I'm tech support for my kids, my parents and other teachers uh, at our school. Oh, wow. So it's been really, really tough. So, wow. so Lou, I'll, I'll share a quick story. Uh, my daughter, who's sure. getting her master's degree in education, was a uh, student teaching in an L.A. school. It, it came to uh, Her term came to an end, but the school's still in place. Uh, she has now been asked by the school to help as tech support to the other teachers. Oh, is that right? Because <laughs> she's young? <laughs> because she's wow. young. But they they they... <laughs> They can't. Uh, she must know what she's doing. She's twenty three. Well, she does, and they can't. They're not paying her for, her, but she's doing it anyway. Just and she said, she was telling me the other day, the, these poor teachers. It's a whole new world for them. They don't know how to manage it, and so obviously, you know, you, the, as my grandfather always used to say, in, in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is king, which made you the tech support person, right? That's correct. <laughs> okay, so what's what? What do you? What's the decision you're trying to do here? So. I'm trying to figure out. I've got numbers. Do you want to see some numbers? Yes, yes. yes so we're, we're talking about your your pension, right? And, and why do why I'm are they asking about my pension? Why are they asking for a pre? This normally is done at retirement. Why are they pushing for you to make this decision now? They're they're not uh, pushing it. But my understanding is, if I make the decision, I'm 51 right now. If I make the decision now, uh, it gives me a couple more percentages than if I wait until I'm let's say 60. Oh, but okay. I want to at least think about okay. all the benefits. So here's here's what I'm looking at. If I, and this is monthly. If I go ahead and I don't do any beneficiary for my wife, um, I would go ahead and get seven thousand four hundred and nine dollars. Okay. If I go ahead and we do the hundred percent option, I um, then what would happen? We would get six thousand five hundred forty-four per month. And then when my when I pass away, my wife would continue on with that same amount. Right. Okay. So if I do the seventy five percent option, um, then I would get six thousand seven hundred and ninety seven. If I pass away, my wife would get five thousand and ninety eight. Okay. And then at the fifty percent option, I would get seven thousand and twenty dollars and my wife would get Half of that, three thousand five hundred and ten dollars. Okay. So, by the way, these numbers are uh, uh, actuarially speaking all the same, with the assumption of you both having completely normal life expectancies. So, the 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 way to think about this is you've got to actually look at yourself. 
You've got to look at your spouse. You have to look at your medical conditions. You have to look at lifestyle. You have to look at family history in order to drive this decision. And having said that, a lot of these plans don't factor in the age of the spouse. So sometimes someone has uh, a spouse. This one did. Okay. Okay. This so, one actually does because it did ask for my wife's birthday. And, She's two years younger than I am. And when when would your normal retirement age be? When, when do you plan on retiring? Are these based I, on age 60, 65? This, this is actually on ba- age uh, 59 years and 10 months. And how old are you now? I'm 51. And do you participate in Social Security or no? Uh, uh, no, we yeah. do not. Pay, you've been paying Health into counselors. You know, I, 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 would, I, would, I, I would defer the decision. I don't understand why I'd be in a hurry to... Uh, well, to yeah, what's the... Why, is it because... Tell us why they're asking this decision today. I, I've actually never well, seen them this it, early. It's... Well, they're not, they're not forcing the decision. If I make the decision now, it kind of locks me in for the next, you know, nine years or so. But um, I guess there's a little bit higher percentage that I would get as opposed to if I wait and make the election at age 60. So in it, other it's words, very minimal. It's probably about 2% or so. So in other words, if, um, if you opt out, opt to not cover your spouse today, then they know they don't have to cover her between now and the time you retire. It must have something to do right. with their actuarial yeah, assumptions yeah. and uh, their reserves that they have to put aside. Uh, yeah. I, I don't see any reason even well, 2%. I, for nine years, everything that could happen in someone's life in the age of the 50s in terms of health and wealth? I mean, it would have to be a big number for me to make a lock in a decision not, like that. Not, it wouldn't, you know, it would have to be much larger than two or three percent. Because, you know, I mean, that's a long time for me. Who knows what transpires between now and then? And so, so if it were me, so, right. if it were me and they said, well, we're going to make, we'd like you to make this decision now at age 51, when I'm talking about something roughly 10 years out. I'd say, well, if you want me to make an irrevocable decision today, what's what? What are you gonna, what are you gonna give me? So I'm giving I'm giving up some control here. I'm giving up a future decision that could have a, a large economic impact on me. So, what in exchange will I receive for that? And a few percent wouldn't be enough in in order to cover that risk because what, as I said at the beginning. What drives this is life expectancy, and they're using normal life expectancy tables. You, you, we, a lot can happen in eight years, nine years. Yeah, I mean, you might find in 10 okay. years from now, if you've got plenty of other assets, you might say, look, I'm going to take the joint and 50% option because there's plenty of other assets there. You might be in a situation with who knows where the economy is going to end up after all this. You might find that you don't have much in other assets and she's really going to need quite a bit of this. So you'd take a, a, the 75% option. You probably won't take a 100% option unless you had poor health. Probably. Okay. Um, if, well, let me ask you that. If, if it had happened right now, let's say I'm age 60 and I've got these, what, what factors do I put in there to make that? Almost the only time you would take, almost the only time you take a joint in hundred percent is if your, your life expectancy, you knew it was shortened because your spouse doesn't typically, they don't need the hundred percent. They don't, when someone, there's two retired individuals living together when one of them pass away, the the stand, their their costs of running the household goes down. There's that other person who's no longer eating and going out to, to eat and going golfing and all whatever the other expenses are. Yeah, right. Realistically, right. that it, it's not you don't need two cars. I mean, there's just a lot of expenses that go down. So we typically don't need someone doesn't need to replace 100 percent of the family income upon. Unless there were absolutely no other assets and you had a normal life and a large mortgage and a large mortgage. So what, what drives the decision are assets outside of the monthly pension, Social Security benefits, what's your debt. Um, so if you were 60, it depends on if you had $2 million in other assets, you'd be more inclined to actually take uh, less of a survivor benefit, right? Or not. You might decide, hey, I don't want the risk. I'm just going to take it anyway. And what? quite frankly, what really drives this is the health of the person or persons making the decision at that time. That's the biggest driver of this. Yes. So if you're 60 and you have diabetes and heart disease and you've had two bypasses and, and you still smoke and you're smoking, then you want as much of a survivor. Benefit Cause it's as almost possible. like a life insurance without the medical underwriting. 
right? If you think about it that way, I mean, Correct. you're going to give up some dollars in exchange for a benefit upon your death. Some people try selling life insurance in lieu of this. They'll say, hey, uh, Lou, why don't you just take, a, take the full option, cut your wife out, and go buy life insurance on the outside? That almost never works. I've actually never seen it work. I've seen disaster situations where there's not enough life insurance. Life insurance was invested poorly, and then I've seen the, the, the surviving spouse be uh, financially decimated because there's no more pension coming in 20 years down the road. But So the answer to the question yeah. is— I would defer—unless they someone wanted to give you some, econ- <laughs> some economics today— Significant. I, don't, I wouldn't make the decision today. Okay, fair enough. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. For you truly are uh, what the frontline worker. You uh, truly. It's. I I worry about this whole COVID and the education system and what it's going to look on the backside because kids are missing out, and and the socioeconomics actually really play a role. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you guys. Yeah, Yeah. I appreciate it, Lou. You know, it's interesting, Pat. Um, I've got a friend of mine, CEO of a company, they do big data stuff, and he's forwarded me some of the the research, the, the data collection and analysis they're doing for COVID-19. And 100% has to do with, um, you know, the, the R0 number, the R number, and, right? All the, all the factors that come into to looking at the disease itself. And I've pinged them a few times. Like, what about the other factors that we need to consider? Like the unintended consequences. Children not being educated. What about... The millions who may starve around the globe when the food supply chain gets cut off. Domestic abuse, alcoholism. Mental health issues. Like, uh, those are all relevant factors. They're just hard to measure. (laughs) As is the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. We are about out of time. Unfortunately, where does the time go? So uh, before we leave, uh, just a reminder, we have a virtual live workshop Thursday, May 28th, and then again on June 2nd at 5 p.m. And uh, we've done this radio program for 25 years, podcast now, in part to help educate people. And to be real transparent, we realize that as many people who listen to our program are do-it-yourselfers, they're getting more information. That's great. We also, just to be totally transparent, we know that it's good for business long-term. People are going to say, I kind of like this stuff resonates. I'm going to view them. We have the same kind of um, approach with our digital products on our website. So we've got a forced furlough financial plan guide. We've got um, forced retirement guide. We've got history of bulls and bear markets. So everything you can think about financially, education-wise, we've got great great tools on our website, allworthfinancial.com. It's all free. Feel free to watch it. We hope it's a benefit to you. We know that um, many of you will never hire us, which is but, fine. But but some of you will. So and we put a lot of energy to make their make sure they're great products. Anyway, we're out of time. We'll be here again next week. This has been All Worth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.